Oh, I can hear that very I very know, loud. that's the issue. I don't sit still. <laughs> Do you want that chair? That would be good. That one's not gonna sleep Because, but I will roll, and you'll still hear the rolling. We'll put you in one of, we'll sit in four really high ones and aim the boom. <laughs> Figure it out. Good morning. This is the first Slate 52 episode back from our extended vacation, I suppose you could call it. Um, this is going to be kind of a different episode. We're going to do something that's a little more of like catch up and we're just going to kind of talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in the industry and talk about what's been going on in our lives and catch you guys up and then we're going to move on and, and see where we go from there. Uh, as always, I'm Nick Ranger here. We have Koi Wen. Yes, you are correct. You are here, yes. yes I am. I'm happy you are I'm here. Alive. We also have two new guests um, who are going to be joining us, at least for this podcast, and probably coming back eventually. We have uh, Dayton Hammond. What's up? And Noah Houchley. Hello. Hello. That is the most Hello. Noah entry I could ever hear. That's um, <laughs> Yeah, so to start off, I guess we can talk firstly about um, the big film festival. Not big, but like the film competition we just did. Um, and Dayton, you were on the the other team, correct? Yeah, I was on the official GBTV uh, 36 hour film challenge team. Yeah, and then the rest of us were on our own team. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Noah's a traitor. Noah, and Noah joined our team. Joined Dick's team. Yeah, why am I the only one who's a traitor when literally everyone else here was also on the same team as me? How, how is he the traitor though? Because he should have been with us. Why, why weren't you, you, with, why, why were you with us? Why weren't you with us? Yeah. Because I didn't know you were doing it until like <laughs> literally like the day or two before. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so the 36-hour competition essentially Friday night at around 7.30. We got a prompt and a couple like details we had to have in our film. And then Sunday morning at 8 o'clock we had to have the film turned in. So it was 36 hours to make, like to concept develop, create, shoot, edit, everything a film and turn it in. And it was probably one of the most stressful projects I've worked on in a long time. Yes. I don't I don't think the stress of it was the fact that like it was hard to do. I think the stress of us keep telling each other, hey, we're running out of time. Yeah, yeah. that was the biggest I, thing. I think on track and like not getting distracted by like the details of like what to do. Kari yeah. was absolutely our number one enemy when he was like, all right, we got five minutes. We're like, we still got six more to do in this. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think the issue was a lot of it was like, I think we got ourselves into our own heads by just talking about the time more than just getting it done. Yeah, I think that was a big issue on our side at least, especially when we were concept developing. We were trying to come up with a story, we kept trying to set concept like deadlines for us, and we just kept blowing past them because we were just running out of, we were running into so much material that we could have worked with. Yeah, we kind of had the same situation over there where we had like Eric and Griffin and they would like bounce off like different ideas. Um, like I know we were initially like considering like a horror concept with like the idea. Um, at one point we were considering like a parody of like Bird Box at a Quiet Place, mm-hmm. and we were just like a lot of people were, because it's like a room of like 15, 20 people like for story, and so that's like just a lot of voices and a lot of different opinions just shouting out the ideas like oh what if we did this or what if we did this. And so it was hard to just kind of like keep track of like all yeah. that was going on. See, we did that in our team, but we split into two pods, and then okay. Noah, Nick, I, and Kyle Brown mm-hmm. almost killed each other. Yeah, we did. We, we were to, screaming at each other. We had to make uh, we had to make a very emergency halfway through like deal that we got a, basically a free pass of like, look, after we're all done with this, 
we can still be friends because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna murder each other if we, we were, keep yeah. shouting. We were very close to killing and, each other. And it was, a, it was an easy reminder of why in like short films or films in general you don't have that many cooks in the kitchen because yeah. like we all have different ideas of what we think looks good in a film. Mm-hmm. And very different ideas on how to execute that film, yeah. too. Well, I mean, at least you didn't have, like, Hugh putting in, like, rap lyrics into your dialogue. I heard that was like, a good idea. idea. That, was, that was an interesting situation in the writer's room. Like, we had <laughs> Hugh on board for a short time. Oh, I bet. And we had, you know, we had a, a good, we had, like, what, eight, nine people at the writing? Well, it started, it. I think it started with eight, and then Zach came, and then David came. Yeah, so we ended up getting a lot of writers, which is fine. I think it's, it's I, fine. By, by the end of the night, we had the entire crew minus our one actress. And, yeah, and, it might and, have been possible. Yeah. And and Noah too. Yeah. Yeah. Noah, yeah, Noah, Noah fell asleep. Well, How? no, you you fell asleep too. You were asleep half of thirty six hours. Well, I mean, come on, you guys are all like there making making decisions, whatnot, and I'm like, I'm just audio guy. Look, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to be conscious for this bit. Um, How long did it take you guys to go from breaking the story to like having a complete script? Oh, well, we... we the sp- duration of me being asleep is about how long. Yeah, it was... I mean, when we first got the storyline that we wanted, um, we just gave it to Kyle Brown, and he went and sh- wrote a script in like two hours. And then the okay. rest of us passed the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, and the rest of us fell asleep. Because like, okay, because we met at like 7 o'clock thinking that we were going to have like a whole hour to like brainstorm. And then we found out like the prompt came really early because mm-hmm. it was like not like last year at all. Early. So then we're just trying like okay, get, let's like get going. Like we actually have to come up with stuff, and it probably took us like eight hours to go from like having just like a bunch of different story ideas to a complete script. Of, well, like, when we first got our pages. prompt, we didn't finish the script until like six uh, a.m. Six a.m. Probably we were like four a.m. Yeah, so like we had our, we took a while to work on the prompt and work on our story details, which I think is what kind of put us in the backlog. Well, I say, well, okay, I'm real with you guys. When we when we split two teams up and then came over on the story and then converged to Cal's place and then told everyone our story and then both directors decided to not like each other's stuff. It was difficult. <laughs> yeah, it made it difficult. Um, well, and it was like we were both pulling from different types of grief and we were both telling our story in different ways. And that just collides when you're trying to tell two different stories. Yeah. And that's, so, what, that's what naturally it would do. Yeah, so the additional two hours for us compared to you guys, I think in terms of editing, was I think the additional necessity to, com- to compromise with two directors. Yeah. Yeah, which is not bad. Like that, the two, for two hours, like that's not, you know, compared to what it could have been, that's not really that bad. Yeah, thank God I fell asleep. Yeah. Yeah, most of the crew was asleep by the time we were writing the script so what would you say like your story was about when like when you when you finally figured it out between the two of you um when we finally came together the story each story that we were telling was the same which was about a girl who loses her girlfriend in a fire related accident um so there's like this struggle of the fire um causing like these memory not memories but like flashbacks almost but also she was a pyromaniac so she like is addicted to the fire also so there's this like really weird mix of like wanting to use the fire, but also like, you know, girlfriend, you know, stuff. So we both had that. It was more of how the grief was being shown of losing her girlfriend that we were kind of not compatible on, um, which is like the center point of the film. So it just made it a little difficult to shoot. But we, yeah, it was basically just about a girl who loses her girlfriend in a fire ac- fire related accident, and then has to come in and like, you know, she's dealing with the situation as a whole. Um, 
that's kind of where I went with it. And it was like deep and emotional and mm-hmm. super awesome, which was super great because we had mm-hmm. Haley Lamarez Bat, who is just a phenomenal actress, and um, actually going to have her on next week. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, that was just like so easy for us because she's one of those actresses you can give a basic direction to and she'll do exactly pretty much what you want and there are a couple times I had to pull her back and I think that's just what happens with actors you know you give them a direction they go for it and then you just have to kind of bring them bring them in a little bit um but yeah no that was really nice to have her on set and her be able to just kind of go and just you know us not worry about what was going on screen really which is really nice you guys came up with like a D&D inspired story. Yeah, so this was very interesting because I know very little about D&D even though I'm surrounded by film majors who play and love D&D. Constantly. Um, So it was very interesting to try and figure out how to incorporate that into our story. Um, And to be honest, I still don't know what the hell D&D is or how you play it. Um, but I, think, I think it takes a run it, through where you actually know. Yeah, you have to like play yeah. a game to figure it out. But it was, it was a fun way to kind of tell the story that we wanted to tell of these college seniors, like, last day before graduation, like kind of, like, packing up, putting their stuff away, and kind of taking this one moment to kind of reminisce and kind of look back at, like, the beginning of their college experience as like freshmen and being able to show that um, through like a reenactment of D&D style. Um, and so it just, it kind of led to like a lot of like fun film shooting and just a lot of fun experiences that we have on set. Yeah. How was um, crew momentum for you guys? Cause you guys did have a larger crew than us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Had, like 30 or something like that? We, yeah, we had a we had a big crew, um, which was to be kind of to be expected because a lot of them came from a late night brew. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that crew momentum, I mean, there was a good number of people who just, yeah, have to like sit around when like they weren't like having to do something. Um, but like when Kyle or Jillian needed something done, like people would go and be like, yeah, I can help you do that. Um, and so everyone was very on board with like helping out and being involved and like making sure things got moved over and just being very cohesive as a film unit to get this thing done. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we had some, I don't want to say issues with that because we had a smaller crew, but we were all like, after the first couple hours, we were all like really close. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we would have pretty large sizable gaps where we'd just sit and just be talking and just hanging out, which I think led to a little bit of issue, but also gave, um, like made Haley super comfortable and got the uh, the crew really comfortable with her and we all just kind of became this like unstoppable unit and we mm-hmm. were just able to pile through the, the rest of the shoot, which was super cool and we became, we made some really good friends out of that situation. I think I think momentum was a big thing for us too, just cause like, not, that's, not like when we stopped, we couldn't keep going, but the issue was like, once we had an extended, like at a 20 minutes above like intermittent, like, him and Kiri were talking about like what they were doing next. The crew momentum kind of just kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and then slowed when down we, a lot. And then when we got our food break, it, we kind of hit a brick wall. Yeah. yeah, we did. We did the the cardinal sin of uh, college filmmaking, and we we ordered pizzas. Oh, okay. Because we were just like, we need something that's cheap and delicious, mm-hmm. and we need to re- reward ourselves a little bit. We got pizzas, which slows any film shoot down. Yeah. Um, I Noah fell asleep twice as many times after the pizza as he did before. <laughs> Look, again, if I'm 
if I'm not being used on set, I'm gonna fall asleep. So yeah, that was an interesting thing with this film shoot though, because like I was a story person and I was a writer, which I'm used to doing. Um, but this time I wasn't script supervisor. Mm -hmm. um, Rachel was script supervisor. And so I was there just to kind of like lend a hand with like helping move stuff to like two locations and into people's cars and just being like a hands-on person. But other than that, I didn't really have like a role. Mm. And I think that was, that was one of the few things that came with like having a large crew, the, the size that we did. It was that just like, there's so many things going on that like not everyone was always doing something at once. Yeah. And so like it was a weird, it was a weird experience kind of like being there and being on set, but like not consistently having like a role to play like script supervisor or like DP or anything like that. Right. And well, that's, that's something that we have kind of talked about a little bit here and there about how we shoot our films and, and crew size. Um, I remember back when we were shooting fighter, which, um, there's some cool news coming up about that. that we'll talk about fighter. Um, we had a very small crew, but it was nice because everybody was doing something all the time. Mm -hmm. The issue with it was that there was kind of a lot to be doing, so we were running around a little bit more than we probably should have been. Um, but again, we had such a, a solid crew for the most part that we were able to just like, you know, use a small crew and crank things out. Now that our productions are getting bigger, I mean, I say now that our productions are getting bigger, and Fighter was just made in November. Um, but like even now, like we have much bigger productions, much bigger scale. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to shoot Cover of Night this weekend. Um, which is like the biggest film we've done to date and we have a pretty solid sized crew and I feel like there's gonna be a lot of sitting around just because you know we're a bigger crew and we're not like I feel like all of our productions we've done are, have been smaller crew productions so we're not getting used to the big crews but like we have this uh, production that we're doing uh, we're doing in August we're doing Poolside Cigarette which is a, a feature film written by Haley Lamer is bat and um, so we're doing a lot of these bigger scale productions. Um, we have a, another feature in the works right now as well. So all of these productions that are, are getting bigger and bigger and we're getting bigger and bigger crew, which is awesome. And I love being able to do that. It just becomes different. Like it's like a different type of filmmaking that I'm not used yeah. to yet. Well, my personal issue with big crews, it's not like I don't mind a big crew, big crews are pretty useful. Keep doing this and I can I know, hear I'm sorry. every time you're like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm an anti it's coming, it's coming through the mics very clearly. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> but um, my issue with big crews isn't typically like, oh, there's a lot of people. It's a lot of like doing nothing. I think it's the, it's the big issue that I personally don't like on sets. Because like, if you don't have a job, you should probably just not be here. Yeah, there was a bit of like a hurry up and wait, which was the problem of like, all right, we're going to get all this done. But then like only three people are like shooting the scene. And then we have to like lock everyone else over in a room. And be like, yeah, everybody shut up. Yeah, I think that's a big... Well, that's one thing that, like, Joel Petrykas, a filmmaker here in Grand Rapids, he shoots all of his films with a very small crew um, and shoots all of his with very, you know, very limited cast. And he does that so that people aren't sitting around. He does that so that, you know, he can just kind of crank it out. Some of it might be a budget thing, but a lot of it is probably just because he doesn't want people sitting around. And the films that he makes, more grungy, down-to-earth films, he doesn't need a huge crew for. He doesn't need a huge, like, effect team on set. Um, well, also, it's like, larger crews means, like, it's harder to fucking call quiet on set. It gets a lot harder to yes. get everybody quiet. Yes, definitely. We had a huge issue for that on the 36, and we had we even had a small issue with that on Fighter, too. Yeah, um, and I think it, 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 it boils down to 
not throw shade, but like it comes down to your producer and your AD not telling people to like get their shit together. Yeah, no, and that's a big thing uh, that especially is going to change on cover because Koi, you're my producer and you're not afraid to yell at people. Nah, which no, is super he great. Is not. <laughs> I am fully prepared to kick you off set. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting time. Be and kind to me, Koi. Oh it's God. it's this is the thing. There's a, there's a fine line between being kind and being like. Efficient. Efficient, yeah. And you got, yeah. you have to learn to, to balance that tread, mm-hmm. which is going to be super nice, and it's going to be super super fun to work on. Um, speaking of cover, though, this is kind of the biggest production, and we're all working on this, so we can talk about it pretty openly. Um, it's a film that you know we've all been kind of looking at for a while, and I've been scripting it for about a year now. And finally we're getting to shoot it. Is there anything you guys are like nervous about or worried about when we're getting on set? I'm a little intimidated by the thought of like actual professionals being there and just being around like actual professionals. Yeah. Because like that's never happened. I've never been around actual professionals Mm -hmm. in the industry before. So that will be very interesting. Yeah. So um, for the listeners, we're doing my, this is my, basically my thesis for film school. And we are having a group called the Magicon Entertainment and Cinemills Midwest, which are two companies owned by the same uh, group of people here in Grand Rapids, and they're coming in to the shoot um, on one of our biggest shoot days to help with the lighting and help us kind of get things going. And they're actually like working as kind of like sponsors for the film, so we're super excited to have them on board. But yeah, you're right; it is a kind of an intimidating factor of people who have never worked with professionals before, and then bringing in a professional producer, and you know, and being like, oh, this is what I do, this is how I do it, and making sure that it yeah. connects with him so that you can work with him. But at the same time, it also just kind of gives me, like, a reason to, like, be in my A-game. You know, like, sure. I want to, like, be impressed, to show that, like, I can know my stuff and, yeah. like, impress them, you know? Not just kind of just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just messing around, whatever. You know, like, I'm going to be on top of my, my stuff. Yeah, no, that's going to be, it's going to be really important to be on top of our stuff for this film. You look like you're going to say something. No, is that gonna go? I got nothing. No? You're not nervous about anything? Oh, God, God, no. No? You're, you're prepared. <laughs> you're the producer. I feel like you're the most worried about, like, Nick no, being like, I got well, a last second it, change. It, it's, I want him to be on fire. It's, my, it's kind of my general, like, philosophy in film is just to not care. Because at the end of the day, if my crew isn't getting their shit done, I will yell at them because that's <laughs> just life. And we'll get a new crew. Um, we'll have to get a new crew because I'll be crying at home. Um, no, I don't want to work with Koi. He's scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is important, you know, in making sure you can work with a good crew and making sure that you can get everything done. Um, like, I always get worried when we shoot. Like, even Fighter, it was a small crew, and the, the story was something I had been working on for a while, so I was really comfortable with the story, and I was still really nervous when I got on set. Um, and this film being a much bigger film, um, and actually, like, a tribute film that I'm using, um, it, it's bigger and it means more to me, so it's, like, I'm very nervous about pretty much every aspect of it. But then I look at my crew, and I have some of the best people I've ever worked with. Uh, Koi is one of the best producers that I've ever worked with. He's been on top of my shit, on top of his shit, and my shit for months and months (laughs) since they're figuring this out. Um, It's a doozy. It's a doozy. It is is a doozy. Working with me is a doozy. Um, Yeah. But we've also, yeah, everybody knows that working with me is difficult. Um, It's not difficult. You just got to worry about whether or not you get tied to a chair that day. That's, I really don't like that joke anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like, you know, working at, looking at my crew, like David, um, the DP, is, is one of the most fantastic, he has some of the most fantastic camera work that I probably have ever seen. It, it's just so, he knows how to capture any moment in any way possible. Um, 
Dayton, you've written scripts for me before. You know how I like my, my stories and how I like them told. So I'm super confident in you being a script supervisor. And um, Noah, you're, you're Noah. Say something nice about me, Nick. Noah, yeah. you're, um, you make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. You're um, a fun guy. You're a you're fun a guy. guy. Well, Noah's also one of those people that I can trust on set. I can be like, hey, can you go get this done? And I know that when I turn around next time, it'll the be The fucking dead cat story. Oh, oh my goodness. god. This is great. So we were on the 36. <laughs> yeah, have you heard this story yet? I don't think so. Uh, so we were on the 36, and um, we were getting ready to go outside, so I turned around, and Noah was asleep. I was like, hey, Noah, I woke him up. I was like, can you get the dead cat on the, on the mic? He was like, yeah, sure. He set it up, and then he fell back asleep because we were talking about stuff. Then we realized, oh, we should probably just shoot inside. So then I woke him back up, and I was like, no, can you take it off the dead cat? He's like, yeah, fine. He took it off the dead cat. And then he overheard Kiri in the other room as soon as he got it unassembled that he needed to put, put it back together. So he put it back together again. And then I came out and was like, no, no, take it apart. He took it apart, and then we officially decided to go outside and shoot. So we had to put the, all the dead cat stuff back together. You guys made me assemble and deassemble <laughs> that dead cat. At, immediately after I get finished with it, someone else go like, no, 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 we changed our mind. We're doing it again. And I'm like, okay, I'm with the dead cat again. I got so efficient <laughs> at working with that stupid dead cat. Um, but yeah. that's good though, because like at least you're like still willing to like work like no matter what the. Oh, I wanted to strangle Nick. <laughs> I think yeah, you want to you want to like strangle him, but like you're still like oh yeah, of course I can do See, that. I feel you know, you have that ready good work. Ethic. Yeah, and that's that's something that I appreciate about Noah is that I can, I can tell him to do something, I can turn around, and I know it's gonna be done, which is what like the biggest thing for me. Um, so yeah, what you, you're chuckling? <laughs> I'm just chuckling. Like, sweet, Noah's the best bottom of the totem pole. Noah, go get that done. Yes, sir. No, yes, I, sir. I heard about how like you guys lit the fire in your short film before you were actually going to. Uh, like, oh yeah, we, we lit the fire because we were getting ready to go outside and shoot it, and then we decided not to. So he stomped out the fire, and then about ten minutes later, we went out and shot. So the yeah. fire could have just stayed lit. And, <laughs> Well, I mean, that's part of shooting the 36, though, is you have to go back and forth so often on your decisions that you have to just be prepared to get, roll with the flow. One thing that was unique about our 36-hour experience was that we actually had a big birthday that we celebrated. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Kyle yeah. Machime, his uh, director of the, your guys' 36 competition, it was his birthday. Yeah, it was his 21st, actually. Oh, so it was a so, big boy birthday. Yeah, it was a big yeah. boy birthday. Um, <laughs> so we... We all were kind of like in this like conspiracy, I guess, where like Jillian and a couple other people were going to go to the store and they were going to get a cake. Mm. And so we, the plan was after lunch, when Kyle called action on um, for the scene, instead of actually like doing the scene, everyone, cast and crew would go and start singing happy birthday and then Jillian would bring out the cake. Well, that did not happen because... (laughs) Kyle was trying to figure things out. I was trying to figure out how he wanted his set to look. And he was like, hey, I need like a, I need a big table. I need like a big round table. And so he decided to go off and look for a table himself, you know, as, as director. He's just like, okay, I'm just going to go do it. Well, he goes out the door, and right there is Jillian with the cake. <laughs> Holding the cake. And, uh, yeah, so that kind of got spoiled. But we all had a big laugh about it, and we all sang him happy birthday. And, uh, I'm still amazed that he he had a crew of 30, and he's like, I'm just going to go find this table. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 he just was like, okay, we need a table? Yeah, okay, I'm going to go get a table. Yeah, like, that doesn't just, make any sense. Yeah, a crew of 30 and probably 10 of them Like, I could have gotten a table. Yeah. I was literally just sitting there. You've got to go to spare those two PAs. Yeah, just send two PA, PAs yeah. off and get a table. That's not... Um, 
But yeah, and then also we had pizza at the end of the shoot, not the middle. Um, we had fit, we had just finished our party scene mm-hmm. um, at Eric Peck's uh, apartment. And so after like we finished like packing up all our stuff, got everything into the cars so that it was all clean and like put back together. That's when we went and we had pizza and some people had cake and yeah. um, people left when like they wanted to, but like we did that at the very end when everything had been shot. Right. Well, I think yeah. the issue for us was more because like, like we were freaking out when we needed to reshoot the kitchen scene that we just didn't put food on the table again mm-hmm. when we were done with the living room. So the entire time we were just like, we just want food. So like we probably could have done something else. Oh yeah, we definitely could have done something else. Well, but, but, but because we kept thinking like we need to use the kitchen, we just never set the kitchen up to actually get food. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a huge thing yeah. for us. We had like a little um, snack table with this the table we're actually using right now for this podcast, and we had like a oh. veggie tray. Um, we had like a bag of apples, some really frozen bananas we need, that we were just like not that great. We definitely need veggie trays in the thirty six. Yeah, we should have gotten yeah. trays. Because like I think like initially we we're just they were just gonna bring like a big bag of chips or whatever, and some of the people in our crew were like, no, let's bring like fresh like healthy stuff so that like we actually have the energy to like keep going on set. Yeah. And that's so Jillian and Kyle were like, okay, yeah, we can do that. That's that's a big thing on set, and I know Noah will fight me to the grave about this. You just need sugar cookies and like. Candy. No, you don't. No. Honestly, I'm almost at the point where I just want to like give Noah a dollar just to see him eat like one carrot. It'd like, kill me. <laughs> it would kill me. It messes with my body chemistry so much that it would kill. But me. then Nick could Nick could how, film it and sell it for money. How, exactly. you, how are you going to survive the week of koi? I'm not. Yeah. Okay, so th- I guess this will serve as an announcement then. Um, okay. So Noah, the guy that's over here in this podcast, oh, talking no, no, stuff. No, 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 no. Announce both of them. Oh yeah, both of them. So both of them. the first production that we're doing, uh, it's the we start filming in a couple weeks. Actually, it's pretty coming up pretty quick. It's so fast. Um, essentially, Noah doesn't eat very much. He eats. He goes to Panda Panda Express and he gets a meal and he eats just the meat out of it. It's all you need. And he just eats meat and candy all the time. It's all you need. He's he is. It's really bad. Um, oh my God, he's he's Buddy from Elf. He's basically he's Buddy, 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 buddy from, from, Elf. from Elf. His diet is most comparable. <laughs> I'm waiting for to him buddy to like Elf. get like spaghetti and then just pour that maple syrup. He doesn't like and noodles. Just, he doesn't like spaghetti. Shit, that's right. Just give me the maple syrup. He doesn't exist as a human. Um, But essentially, he's going to follow Koi's diet and workout plan, and Koi is a bodybuilder. So he's going to be eating a lot of rice, a lot of meat, which he can can handle that. Um, But then also, like, going to the gym, and he's just going to be hitting it really hard, and we're going to do a a mini-doc series on it following the week, and it's going to be super funny. We're super excited. The other one is actually a question that we're going to pose to you guys. So (laughs) comment or get us on Twitter or whatever you want, and... Let us know what you think, but there's a, a debate in Tetrid right now. I'm right. You're not right. There's a debate in Tetrid right now where... Uh, here's, here's the basic premise. You're at home. You're hanging out, right? You want a hot dog, but for some reason you don't have water. I don't know why you don't have water. But you boil root beer and use the liquid that's in the root beer to cook the hot dogs that you want to eat. And the real question is, would you rather eat the hot dogs that have been cooked in boiled down root beer or eat or drink the liquid that's left over after you boil the hot dogs? I think we need to get some specifics out of the way. How many hot dogs and how okay. much liquid? We're gonna we're gonna say about half a liter of root beer. Cooking five hot dogs. 
Okay. That a fair. Okay. That, that, a that fair? sounds fair. That sounds fair. That's fair. So, so and what the we're water's do... not boiling. Also, you let that cool. It's not. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's still it's still boiled hot dog water. That used to be root beer. So, Anyways. So yeah, so that we're gonna make a video about that too because we th- we just think that'd be hilarious. Oh, we're actually um, making that video. Oh heck yeah, we are. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a day. We're gonna boil hot dogs in root beer. So this so this is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Noah and I, because we're the both the two mostly debating about this currently still, mm-hmm. we'll eat two hot dogs and one cup. I don't know. Like one cup, cup, like one measuring cup. One right? measuring cup, both for drink and two hot. I have maybe one hot dog then. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure out, it out the logistics of it. No, and we will not use condiments on the hot dog because that's cheating. Yep. That is absolutely cheating. Hot dog. And we're gonna see which no one's bun? better. Ah, no, you're gonna have a bun. Yeah. Okay. Know, but Who eats a hot dog without a bun? That's It'd be true. like yeah. trying to drink yeah. it you have a bun. Unless okay. you're cutting it into an octopus and putting it in your mac and cheese. Then yeah. You need you need the champions. Hot dog, octopus, and mac and cheese. That's my shit. I love it so much. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna see. Those are the two. Um, Kind of ridiculous projects that are coming up for Tetrid, and we're super excited about them. I, I, I still say the hot dog is easier to go down. Oh, I, I think the hot dog will be so much easier. It's like I a would shot. Hot dog. It's like a shot of drink at that point. It's, it's not one a shot. It's a cup. Well, okay, it's like fine. two shots. Well, well, we'll figure out the equivalencies once we actually see it in person. Yeah, and we're this is oh, this is gonna be such a ridiculous shoot. I'm so excited for it. So yeah, vote on something. Nick will post something on social yeah, media. Yeah, we'll do some kind of vote. vote. And then we're also when we post a video, we'll do another poll and see what you guys think because it's gonna be it's gonna be di- ridiculous. And Hear me out, excited. audience. Those are gonna be some really weird meaty hot dogs. Just think. Just yeah, maybe, drink it quick. Just drink it quick. It's gonna You're not gonna so want to have that hot dog in your teeth. It's gonna be nasty. I think the whole thing, every part of this is gonna be nasty. It's gonna be I'm nasty. right. If, if, you, if you've never boiled hot dogs before, you don't, like, the hot dog sweats. Yeah, I mean, it does. Gross. You're gonna get, it's not only just like boiled down root beer, it's like meat juice. Is this the best topic that we have for, <laughs> for a film podcast? No, when you boil the hot dogs in root beer. No, I mean, we'll, we'll get back on film stuff, but this is just a, the, this is the an important thing. The water texture changes. It's gonna be so gross. It's gonna be like slimy. It'll be fine. I'll it's be fine, be and okay. you'll all be wusses for not enjoying it. Right. Okay. No one I will settle this debate. <laughs> yeah, we'll settle it eventually. Um, we also have some a couple other like really big things going on right now. Um, we're starting to do some video work for some new clients. Um, you know, if you guys don't know already, we do some uh, photo work, and we can not control, but we manage the uh, Instagram for yeah, we manage social media really. Yeah, for Maximus Fitness, which is a gym here in Grand Rapids. If you you know are interested, go check them out. They're actually really awesome. They're really cool people. Um, good training, and it sounds almost like a sponsorship read, but it's not. <laughs> mm. uh, um, but they're, they're just really cool people, and we we love what they stand for and what they do. Um, so we're gonna do some stuff for them. We're you know working on some stuff with the Laker dance team at GV, which is super. Oh, we're starting exciting. to. We're not. We're nothing's confirmed quite yet. Yeah, we're we're doing a little video for them on Sunday, and we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, so we're super excited about what's coming up in Tetrid and what's going on. Stepping away from Tetra a little bit, we can talk about the thing that's everybody, every film podcast across the world is talking about, and that's some of the shitty stuff that's going around with the Oscars right now, um, and some of the just the ridiculousness and poor attitudes, I guess, that are going into the Oscars. And that is, in case you guys don't know, that the Oscars have decided to do what is it, cinematography, best cinematography, and best editing 
um, during commercial breaks. Yes. So we won't even hear the speeches. We won't see who wins. We'll have to just find out. I think online. I heard something that like they might be shown like after somehow in like the ceremony. Like they might be posted like social media. Maybe, but like still, still so, so, that's not like the same as watching them live at the Oscars. I think it's, it's okay. This is a my opinion, <laughs> and typically, knowing my track record, I'm ninety percent right. <laughs> Whoa, Ooh. that's that's big shot. I'm always big shot. That's besides the so point. Settle down, boy. Ninety percent right over here. But like, the Oscars are fun for casual people to see, like what won best movies best film, best director, and stuff like that. Genuinely speaking, casual audience don't know who the hell is editing or cinematography. For us in the industry, that, for us in the industry, yes, it sucks, and I get that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the Oscars do not cater to us as filmmakers. They cater to audiences that which, watch the film. Which I think is the issue. Well, that yeah, that's the big thing. It's like, there's a lot of discussion right now about like how much the Oscars should be like an actual award ceremony for the industry and how much they should be like a show. Because it seems like ABC and the Academy has been kind of moving more towards the show and trying to make it more accessible towards general audiences. But then that's causing these things where best editing and best cinematography are not being shown. It's, it's a money and that's thing, getting though. backlash it's, from... It's a, it's a money thing. Yeah, it's a money thing. Which is an issue. Which is an issue because it should be a celebration of the people who make films and instead it's turning into a media, or like a money thing. Which I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like money over like stuff but the issue we're facing especially in television like just think about like how much it costs to run a super bowl ad no yeah definitely. yeah like airtime matters and for general audiences in the age of social media you're gonna see it no matter how you, you care enough you're gonna find it mm-hmm. and like yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah well then there's you know this whole and this this started a while back this conversation started a long time ago is that they started a new category for best popular film, yes. which is is kind of ridiculous in our opinion, because in my opinion anyway, because you know you, the reason best picture and you know things like that are in place is be, not because um, it's the film that had the most views or the film that had the most um, impact on the community. It's the film that was made most technically sound and is the most beautiful as a film person to see. And when they announced this film, the only like major film on there that like seemed like it was supposed to be there was Black Panther. So it seems almost like they made a category just for Black Panther to win because they were like, well, Black Panther needs to win something. It seems like they created the category because they're like, okay, how do we get people actually interested in watching the show? Okay, like let's look at the top ten box office like wins of the year and then just nominate all those for best popular category and then that way people be like oh okay yeah the oscar is cool like you know that movie yeah. won i this, this this is gonna be hard to manage but well even in, uh, of the films nominated for best picture i want to say 30 of them don't actually deserve to be on that list anyways 30 there's three i did 30. Oh, 30. Which, which three uh black panther yeah. I, I would agree. With I would that. agree. Um, Star is born. Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff of that going on right now. And there's one more. I don't think a star. I want to say Star is born, but at the same time, Star, star is born. Star is born is on for Best Picture. What else is on Best Picture but right it's now? Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, which looked really good. I didn't get to see it yet. Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book, Vice, Star is born, and Roma. Roma was fantastic. Roma's, Roma's was good. Um. Black Panther was funny. I'm not sure if it was good enough to actually deserve a Best Picture nomination, but it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I also do think that um, 
They have Black Panther on here for Kevin Feige and not for Ryan Coogler. That's so Which weird. I think is really is interesting. Is it by producer, though? It is, which I think is wrong. Yeah. It needs to be by director, because that's who should be receiving the award, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I, just, I just think it's more Does important. Black Panther have a Best Director nomination? I, I, I'm looking right now. Let me, let me see if I don't want to say it does, but like, I don't think it does either. Best that might be, I don't know. Best Original Music Score. I do think Best Original Music Score has a chance because the music in that movie was fantastic. That movie yeah, was good. Who, who are the other nominees for Original Score? Uh, Black Klansman, Mary Poppins Returns, Isle of Dogs, and uh, If Beale Street. Can okay, Isle of Dogs is pretty fucking good. The audience. Isle of Dogs, Isle of Dogs, I think, and Black Panther are the two that will, yeah. will win for See, that. See, the only reason I personally don't think Black Panther deserves a nomination is because, in terms of like special effects, is not Marvel's best. Yeah, that 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 whole nomination for visual effects, I am. That would be definitely a disappointing win for me if they win that. Because there's like the third act of Black Panther, the quality of the CGI just the, goes down. The ending of Black Panther when his, I want to say half cousin cousin dies. Yes. Oh, you're talking about Killmonger. Yeah, when Killmonger. Yeah, his cousin. When, when Killmonger dies and we see that sunset, that 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 no, that's it CG. didn't look great. It did not look great. You, you could, with all the money Disney has in the world. They couldn't have just got up a mountain real quick and just shot something and in shot the sunset. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more referring to like the CGI rhinos and the rubber suit Black Panther doing like the big fight scene in the get mine. That. Oh, that yeah. that was bad. Like, it, didn't, it didn't look great. It did not look great. It didn't I think look great. I think moving. I think Marvel moving toward more CGI, less practical is a long term bad investment. So, because too. you you can clearly tell diminishing like quality in their films. Yeah. Because I, like as much as I say, um, Infinity War was fun. It was fantastic. The CGI was still slowly dipping. Even yeah. yeah. At the end of the movie, the CGI seemed to struggle a lot. Yeah. Which was a big turnoff for me. But Ryan Coogler does not have a best director nomination for Black. Yeah, that's Panther. a shame. I think I think it's a shame, but it's also like, it's because it wasn't like it was a great movie and yeah. I really enjoyed it. Does not deserve an Oscar. I mean, there are I'd, maybe, rather, maybe him, music, like, I'd rather him have a best director and not have Black Panther as best picture than the other way around, which that's is what true. we have. Yeah. No, that's true. Because I just, I don't feel like, I liked Black Panther, and I agree that it, it was an important movie for, like, our culture, and it was, like, a good step forward. But at the same time, it's not at the same level of the other Oscar no, I would agree with you. I think I think Roma's gonna sweep a lot. Roma was really good. Do you think that it's if it's gonna sweep a lot though, then they'll win Best Picture? Or do you like who, who do we think is okay. gonna win Best Picture? Let's go around the table. Yeah, well, I mean, Noah, Noah's not gonna be. <laughs> Noah, Noah doesn't watch. Noah doesn't watch movies. If Noah, if Noah, if you want to say Black Panther, that's fine. <laughs> we will but forgive you I, this time. How about we go over the movies that could win so that <laughs> Noah can make an educated guess? Um, so Roma's best gonna, picture. Roma's best, gonna win. I think Roma, Roma might, win. but best picture nominations are Bohemian Rhapsody, which is the Queen movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. The favorite, which is, I think, looked really good. I could see it. Black Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book, Vice, A Star Is Born, and Roma. Green Book won't win uh, based off controversy right now. And yeah, that, and that, and that upsets me, but it's whatever. What was the controversy with Green Book? A director's thing, right? Yeah, something about that. I thought, I thought the controversy with, was with Bohemian Rhapsody because of Brian Singer. There is the a lot of controversy. There's yeah. with him. Yeah, and that, that's another thing that's been coming up a lot, too, especially with the Oscars, which is really weird because they've had a lot of issues just with the Oscars with 
controversy um, coming like, coming into them with the whole Kevin Hart thing. This whole like season of the Oscars has just been one issue after the other, one yeah. misstep after the other, and I'm honestly like, it's kind of decreased how much excited I am to watch it because now for the first time in like many years we're not gonna have a host. And that's part of the show. It's like having the host and having yeah, the host like, like interact with the audience. I, I, want, I, I, I can see how the Academy, the, the Dream of Kevin Hart, I don't personally enjoy or appreciate, but that's besides the point. I understand where they had to come from, from a mm-hmm. we need money perspective, because mm-hmm. realistically, if they didn't, that's a lot of backlash yeah. from either side. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but going back to like the best editing, best cinematography, the argument on like the film industry side um, that I've been seeing from like directors like Alfonso Cuaron and Guillermo del Toro is that editing and cinematography are what make movies movies basically. Yeah. Like yeah, because everything else is taken from like theater or literature or other kinds of art forms, but cinematography and editing, those are purely film related. Yeah. And right. that's and so you know when you have such big things in, that go with like the making of a film. It almost kind of feels like an insult to filmmaking. But it's also the underappreciation from the casual audience. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, that's something we need to start working on changing. Because cause getting the, the thing is, audience let's think about this that. now. If I have Noah right here, this is perfect. This is Noah. This is perfect. What's up? What did I do? What? If we start listing, okay. If we listed DPs, editors, and directors, I can almost guarantee that Noah will at least hurt every director's name once, but have no idea who we're talking about with the rest of I don't know if you would know best directors. No, it gives us things like popular You're directors. You're not wrong. <laughs> popular directors, he might know a couple of them. Well, okay, like, I, I, and I can't... You're really building me up as this idiot <laughs> right now, aren't <laughs> this you? Is not what I, that's yeah. not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what I'm about to say, I can't confirm it, because, like, I haven't done the research to show it's true, but I'm just going to state what I've heard. Some One show that I listen to on YouTube, um, the John Campia show... Which I re- which I use it mainly as like one of my main sources of movie news. He brought up a point that um, Roger Deakins, who won I believe Best Cinematography for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, look uh, uh, look up look up that. We'll figure it out. But yeah. like, I believe he said that um, Roger Deakins had less time for his speech shown on air than the accumulated time for all the songs that the performances that were shown for Best Original Song. Because that's part of the show that they have now. You have every single nominee for like Best Original Song does like a performance. Mm-hmm. And when you add up the time for all those performances, that's more time as a whole versus for one category versus like Best Cinematography. Yeah, he did win last year, Roger Deacon. Um, and yeah, and that's, again, it's, it comes down to them wanting more ratings than paying tribute to filmmakers, which is yeah. the, the biggest issue here. And well, that's the issue with just award ceremonies in general, I think. It's just that for them to be able to broadcast it required them to figure out a way to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And realistically, if we if the general audience doesn't care, yeah. then they can't afford to shoot everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so then, like, this was another uh, point brought up. So, I mean, I feel like I would hope that general audiences would know, like, cinematography being, like, filming it and then editing would be like putting it together, right? Yes. Right. When you have sound editing and sound mixing, are general audiences gonna know what those two are and the differences between the two? Or that's are they a, just gonna true. be like, what's sound? Oh, it's a sound award. Right. Like they don't know the nuances or the differences between the two. So why not choose like maybe one or both of those to show off air rather than like best cinematography? 
That makes sense. Uh, I mean, I don't think any of them should be shown off air, but no, if they're going to choose to, I mean, I, I don't want to say, if you're going to choose to, choose those, but those seem like the the most that we're borrowing I, from other art well, forms. Well, and, and the big thing is, especially with editing, cinematography, sound, good films you don't notice. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Good films you won't know, that you won't notice the sound. You won't notice the sound, you won't notice bad edits, you don't. You won't notice bad cinematography. And for for casual audiences who don't necessarily appreciate that on the level we can as film aficionados, I think is the word I'm looking for. I don't know if I'd consider myself an aficionado. I would not consider I myself an aficionado. I would not consider, myself consider myself Noah an aficionado. <laughs> words. It's for, for us, we can appreciate when we understand and see good cinematography and editing and sound. Right. For casual audiences, they're just enjoying a good movie. And for them to enjoy a good movie, they'll just know the director and the if actors. That, if that, and they'll know the actors. They'll know the actors, they'll, know, they'll appreciate probably the visual makeup, set design. Yeah. Those are yeah. things they'll openly be able to appreciate because they're physically watching it, where in a good edit, you won't notice because yeah. he did his job. Or exactly. also too, like... Which is unfair, don't get me wrong. Like, he deserves to be shown giving his award, but yeah. I, I, I understand the cuts that need to be made. I don't like it, I just say I understand it. I mean, there's also like the short film categories. Like, I believe there's a couple short film yeah, categories. Which, like, and, short like, animated and short films. Uh, I feel animated. like those two, like, most people aren't watching short films. That's mm-hmm. Compared to like, well, like feature I, films. I haven't even heard of the short films. Yeah, so, so it's like, why not do those ones instead? Yeah, and that's... Yeah. And that's, I think that's the point. It's like, there's a couple of wars that like they could have gone, but instead they go after two I, that are seen as like the heart of like filmmaking. Right. Let, me, let me pose in, um, a counterpoint. When, you, when you, you keep short film in, it exposes the audience to the option of other forms of film media. True. For instance, it's true. there are some people that don't watch foreign films. You can, we can make an argument that we don't need to show that on air, but if we don't show them on air, then no one's going to know it exists. And that's true. that is true. I, I saw this thing today. It was um, it, it was the meme where the the guy's holding his girlfriend's hand. He's looking back at something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. the guy, and it was like audiences um, wanting more diversity in films. And his girlfriend that he's holding hands with was foreign films. And then he was looking back at the same shit we see every day. <laughs> and it was the funniest meme to me because I, I I believe that full heartedly. Like people want more representation in film, which I agree. We need to diversify our filmmaking. Yeah. Um, but also people aren't willing to go watch foreign films, and mm-hmm. I, I find that really funny. Um, but kind of shifting gears because we, we're gonna need to wrap up here because this is running very long, um, and this is just gonna be a quick point, and then I think we're gonna wrap it up. But um, next month. Next, yeah, next month, uh, March 22nd, is the GV Film Academy, which is a Grand Rapids version of the Oscars, essentially, for Grand Valley, which is the school that we go to, obviously. Um, so that's super exciting. We have Fighter, my film last that I made um, in November, is nominated for a couple things. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that stacks up. Not stacks up to the Oscars, because obviously the Oscars are way bigger, um, but it's going to be interesting to see how, how much... how well they handle all the categories compared to the Oscars. So super excited for that. That is where we're going to cut things off, I think, because we're running about 47 minutes, so that's, that's yeah, a about, lot that's of time. How about no more runtime? Runtime? Somewhere around English. There. Somewhere <laughs> around there. Uh, we are going to wrap it up. Just a reminder, next week we're going to have... Next week's going to be a two-part episode, so we're going to release the next part of it, or uh, the first part next week, and then the part after that will come the week after. Um, and it's all going to be about fighter. It's going to be about kind of how we went from writing the script to shooting it to editing it. And we're going to go all the way through the process. So we're going to have me, uh, Lane Coles is going to be on, Beth Quinzel, who did the um, 
production design, Lane, who did the cinematography, and then Haley Lamer's Bat, who did the um, acting. Acting, obviously, duck. <laughs> and then um, if Koi is available, I'd like to have Koi back and have uh, do kind of the for, audio side. For what? Fucking do. I'm just gonna stop talking. Yeah, you should stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do the audio side of things and kind of talk about the audio editing that we did and bring in the sound effects and things like that. So those will be the next two episodes and they're probably gonna run a little longer too. So we're super excited to have those going on and we're super excited to be back. And we really miss coming in and talking and being able to like vent a little bit and let you guys listen to it. And uh, we hope you have a good Monday. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.